You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Welcome to Dental Talk. I'm Dr. Phil Klein. A key principle of infection control is to take action to stay healthy. One of the simplest action items, hand hygiene, is one of the most basic yet misunderstood methods to prevent the spread of microbes and prevent healthcare-acquired infections. Today, we'll be discussing the importance of hand hygiene compliance in the dental clinic. Our guest is Dr. Marie Fluent, a graduate of the University of Michigan School of Dentistry. Her dental career spans 35 years and includes almost every role in the dental office. Dr. Fluent is passionate about infection control and safety in the dental setting. Dr. Fluent, it's a pleasure to have you on Dental Talk. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, Phil. Yeah, so we got to preview some of the work that you've done as far as teaching, and you have some great webinars up on VivaLearning.com. You've recently done one which did very well, great attendance, and it was just covered the material so well. So we're really happy to have you on this podcast. I'm going to begin the podcast with a really simple question, which uh, I'm sure a lot of people think they know the answer, but you'll probably enlighten us a little further. Um, Why is hand hygiene so important? Well, that seems like a very simple and basic question, but the answer is very simple and basic too. It's the most important thing that we can do as healthcare providers, and in dentistry, we are healthcare providers. It's the single most important thing that we can do to prevent the transmission of microorganisms between ourselves and our patients. So what are some of the misunderstandings about hand hygiene? You know, what are we doing in the dental setting that may not be ideal and we think we're doing it right? If you could fill us in on some of the really key things that we should know. Well, I've got five major pointers here that I'd like to share with you. And first of all, first one is that gloves are not a substitute for hand hygiene. And before COVID, um, and I think I stress that because I think things have changed a little bit with COVID, we have a more of an awareness of hand hygiene. But in the before COVID era, I would oftentimes see dental personnel um, entering the operatory and skipping hand hygiene and just gloving up. And if I've inquired after the fact, they said, well, I gloved up anyway. What's the difference? Um, uh, My gloves are protecting me and protecting the patient. Well, that's not necessarily true. Inside your gloves, it's a warm, moist place and a perfect place for microorganisms to grow, multiply and divide and do what they like to do. And gloves are not perfect. They often have little... Uh, areas of defects that microorganisms can be transmitted um, between the gloves uh, on both surfaces. So gloves are not a substitute for hand hygiene, and that's the first thing that I like to stress. Um, Second of all is that uh, these products do come with manufacturer's instructions, and you really need to look at them and follow them. For instance, if you're performing hand hygiene for a general dental procedure, you may be asked to use a certain quantity of the product. But if you are performing hand hygiene for a surgical procedure or surgical hand antisepsis, you may be required to use uh, an additional portion and your instructions will tell you that. And the reason is because with uh, surgical hand antisepsis, uh, you're trying to kill more of the microorganisms on your hand and the product has to be on your hand for a longer period of time. Um, The other thing that I really want to stress is that if your hands are visibly soiled, if you've got debris that you can uh, see on your hands um, or you suspect might be on your hands, you have to wash them. An alcohol hand sanitizer isn't going to 
to work. So anytime you use the restroom or if you're eating or any other type of bodily function, you scratch an ear or have a, a itch on your face, or maybe you touch an instrument that might be potentially contaminated, you have to go back and wash your hands, not perform, not use alcohol hand sanitizers. And any other time in between, alcohol hand sanitizers work great. Um, these alcohol hand sanitizers, I'm on my third for my fourth pointer here, is that if you are using alcohol hand sanitizers, these are actually better tolerated than uh, washing your hands in healthcare professionals professions. And I say that, Phil, because when you are using um, alcohol-based hand sanitizers, they typically have emollients in them to help soften your hands. And we in the healthcare profession, we wash our hands or perform hand hygiene many, many times during the day. If you think about what you're doing at home, say you have a day off at home, you're typically performing hand hygiene after restroom use, before you're eating, or any other time of the day where your hands might feel grubby. But in the dental care profession, you're washing before and after each patient. And now in the era of COVID, we're performing hand hygiene even more. And um, if you think about an orthodontic practice where they may see 100 plus patients per day, you're performing hand hygiene twice that amount, twice the, at least twice the amount of number of times you're seeing the patient. So the manufacturers of these products know that we are performing hand hygiene frequently, and they actually incorporate emollients and conditioners into the product to uh, protect our skin and make it softer, softer so it doesn't become cracked, irritated, and uh, dried out with a condition called irritant contact dermatitis. Um, and then the last morsel I'd like to say about uh, misunderstandings about hand hygiene is that it's not a good idea to bring your own product from home. And I've seen a lot of uh, dental clinicians uh, who like to have their own operatory feel and smell and look a little bit less sterile and a little bit more like a home environment. But that's not a good idea because we're not sure that these products may be compatible with our gloves or with the lotions that we use. Um, and in addition, some of the home products may actually be more harsh on your hands than health grade products um, because these manufacturers know that you're maybe performing hand hygiene several times a day versus many, many times of the day. In addition, some of the home care products, uh, the products that are designed for home use, have um, scents that may be very, very fragrant and may be allergenic to patients or may be offensive to patients as well. So for all of those reasons, it's not a good idea to bring products from home. It's a better idea or a best idea, a best practice to purchase health grade products, products that have been manufactured for healthcare professionals. How does one choose the appropriate products for the dental setting? What's the best way to do that? Well, first and foremost, as we already mentioned, it's best to use medical grade products, products that have been manufactured for healthcare professionals. And those can be products like um, like Purell. Uh, Gojo is the parent company of Purell. And Purell has a great line of products that are uh, used in hospital settings and can be used in outpatient settings like in dentistry as well. And typically, if you go to your dental supply catalog, there is an infection control section 
and the products that are mentioned and are available to purchase in this section are health grade products. So generally, if you purchase it over the counter from a grocery store or a box store, it's probably not a health grade product, but if from your health grade from your um, dental supply catalog, it generally would be. And if in doubt, call the manufacturer. Um, second, make sure that your product is compatible with gloves and other hand hygiene products. And this is especially important, Phil, if you think about hand lotions. Some of the lotions that are manufactured are made with um, petroleum-based product or mineral oil-based, and these can actually cause microporosities in your gloves, whether you are using a latex glove or a synthetic glove like a nitrile glove. So that's another good reason to stay away from uh, products that are manufactured for home use and stick with health grade products. Third, we need to make sure that these products have a skin conditioning agent, as we already talked about, um, a pleasing fragrance, something that smells nice and pleasant and is not offensive or allergenic is a, also a good thing to look for. Also, um, my final point would be a product that would be acceptable to all team members. If you have team members or dental uh, staff members who really dislike a product, they're less likely to be compliant in using it. But if they've picked it out, they like it, and it works well for them, they'll be more likely to use it on a regular basis as they are as it is intended to do. So those are some of the criteria for choosing products for use in dentistry. What we're looking for in um, hand sanitizers is we're looking for 60 to 95% ethanol or isopropanol. And this is the, uh, this is the uh, range of uh, in active ingredient that is accepted and promoted by CDC. And of course, the Purell brand, the Gojo parent company is compatible, falls right in that range. Um, some of the areas that where we need to stay away from include, um, well, triclosan has now been um banned by the FDA and is no longer in our hand hygiene products. But another area that is kind of scary to me is that in the era of COVID, initially we had a uh, lack of supply of hand hygiene agents. And we saw lots of companies coming forth to make their own hand hygiene products. And you saw, I saw this particularly in distilleries who would manufacture products and um, it was kind of scary because we, were, we weren't really sure what the active ingredient was. Methanol is not a good product and it's uh, dangerous to be used for hand hygiene. And some of these products look like they were meant to be consumed, like uh, to drink as opposed to to use on your hands. And that's pretty scary too. We don't want children especially to inadvertently pick up one of these bottles and start chugging it down. So um, stick with a brand name product, a health grade product, and a, um, a product that is recommended by CDC. And you can look in the CDC guidelines or the CDC summary um, to, to ensure that uh, it's compatible with the current guidelines and recommendations. When we had that scare, when some of that product was available at the stores, the grocery stores, and people were using it, and that alcohol was totally poisonous to your system, it wasn't the, the right kind of alcohol to be putting on your skin, I just immediately went to only name brands like Purell. I was just afraid that some of this imported material was just not safe. And I, yes. I think that, 
And, yeah. and if I can share another little anecdotal uh, situation, as the uh, pandemic was heating up, I had one last presentation that was live before all of the offices closed down. And um, I put hand hygiene products on each of the tables. And the administrator, the um, staff administrator of this dental organization said, oh, I know, Dr. Fluent, there's a complete shortage of hand hygiene products. But don't worry, I made my own. And I went, you did what? And she shared with me the concoction and the recipe that she found online to make her own products and had it available on every single table. And I went, oh, okay, okay. But make sure you're not taking that in the office, correct? And I shared with her what we just talked about. And she went, she agreed that that was not such a good idea and um, that she would ensure her offices knew not to do that in the office. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that scare, that whole scare that went on was actually really good for companies like Purell or Gojo Industries because it brought to light that all these hand sanitizers are not alike. You better be sure you know what you're rubbing onto your skin because with the demand, some of these products that came out of other countries, there's no regulation there and substitutes in the type of alcohol that was being used was obviously very dangerous. So it's probably done a great thing for top-notch premier companies like Purell and so forth that make the products that we know we can trust. Do you have any tips to promote hand hygiene compliance? Because with all this great information, if you don't comply in the office, obviously we're not uh, doing what we're supposed to be doing. So what are some of the things we could do to encourage compliance in the office? Well, that's an interesting story because historically, hand hygiene compliance before COVID was only about 50%. And different, according to different studies or bodies of literature, that uh, figure varied ever so slightly. Um, hopefully, in the era of COVID, it is improving, especially in inpatient settings. Um, but um, I, I'll share a quick story with you as we wrap this up. Um, I attended a, a tour of a chocolate factory a couple of years ago, and I walked into this chocolate factory with my family, and I couldn't help but notice that hand hygiene was important, and I was not going to be admitted into the food preparation area until hand hygiene was performed. And there was a huge wall with all of the hand hygiene products that were necessary to get the job done, sinks, uh, paper towels, um, soaps, dispensers, and there was somebody at the door watching everybody, each and every person perform hand hygiene. And I noticed that uh, if somebody performed hand hygiene inadequately, just wet the fingertips of their hands and uh, dried it in two seconds, this person came on over and said, you know what, let me give you a hand with that. Let's use a little bit more soap. Let's rub it in. Let's go ahead and sing happy birthday to you twice. And I thought, holy cow, in this particular environment, hand hygiene is important, and we're not entering that food preparation area without performing hand hygiene. And anybody who entered that facility got the idea quickly that hand hygiene was a priority. Now, I ask us to look at our own offices in the same light. Do our patients know that hand hygiene is a priority, and how how are they um how is that communicated to them? So we can look at, we can have monitoring systems and in hospital and inpatient systems, there are many more electronic monitoring devices and sensors and high tech devices to make that happen. But in the dental setting, we're pretty much reliant on our own integrity and the buddy system 
looking after each other. Now, there are ways to monitor and there are checklists that we can review, particularly available in the um, CDC uh, summary document that was published in 2016. Uh, but having good products that are uh, readily available at the point of care, at the point where we need to use them, um, maybe getting team members involved in hand hygiene education and training, and of course, as we already talked about, product selection. Um, uh, ongoing education and training. Maybe um, maybe you don't even need a whole education session on hand hygiene. Maybe bring it up during your morning huddle as a brief reminder. Maybe screensavers and uh, signs that say wash your hands and asking patients to remind each other and their healthcare provider, did you wash your hands? Um, encourage the use of hand lotion so that your hands uh, that are healthy and your skin and your epidermis is intact. So it is not uncomfortable to perform hand hygiene more frequently. And uh, the best approach would be to not to select one of these little items to promote hand hygiene compliance, but to promote a bundle of them. So look at this list that we just talked about and pick or choose a number of them to implement at the same time. And nurses have done this historically, and there are many studies to show that a bundle approach, uh, picking and choosing a number of these approaches um, will give you the best compliance rate and overall and give it longevity as well. And that's what we're looking for. Um, compliance, not just today, but forever. Very, very well said. And that makes total sense. And this could not be more important uh, through this pandemic. And as we're coming out of this pandemic going forward, we're not out of the woods because the CDC and other epidemiologists are under the impression and the prevailing opinion is that these kinds of outbreaks are going to happen, unfortunately, more frequently for a number of reasons. So we have to pay strict attention to hand hygiene and you've covered it so well. We're so happy that you filled us in on all this great information. And we hope to have you on more webinars going forward. Viva Learning really appreciates what you've done and definitely more podcasts. Thank you very much, Dr. Fuhn, for your insight. Thank you. And thank you for the invitation to present this podcast today.